It's the Duffin Up Podcast. What's going on, Duff Daddies and Duff Mamas? It is Thursday, April 8th, and welcome to another midweek episode of the Duffin Up Podcast. My name is Brendan Monroe. As always, we have Michael Adams with us. Michael, how are you doing today? Brent, I'm pumped, but uh, just got to preface this whole pod with, I had my wisdom teeth removed yesterday morning, so I got some gauze in here. I've been spitting up blood. I gave a nice little backdrop here so that maybe it maybe it uh, takes some eyes away from my, my swollen cheeks here, but uh, I'm excited. Master's week, a lot going on. Let's get rolling. Uh, an excellent, excellent prelude, Michael. Very, very well done and of course our third co-host of the night you know him as the irish chooch you may just know him as the chooch timmy o'reilly how are you doing tonight oh i am ready to go uh michael it it just shows everyone how committed you are to this and how much you love golf because it's masters week you are in pain you still look good if anyone's watching this on youtube and let me ask you guys this do you smell that it smells like azaleas because you know what? It is Masters Week, everybody. Oh, breathe it in, baby. Breathe it in. Oh, my God. Five months. I mean, who would have thought we would have gotten back to back Masters with nothing in between? I mean, you can't get much better than that. Here we bad, go. Let's get this. Bad timing on my part with the surgery. Had it on Tuesday. What was I thinking? Postpone that shit until Thursday and watch the Masters. But we're going to watch regardless. Work. Let's go. Oh boy, Michael, Michael, series of unfortunate events right there, but he decided to play Notre Dame football rule number 75. No excuses. Play like a champion. Even though I hate Notre Dame, we're still going to put that in there. And I just hit the microphone with my hat. We're off to a great start right now. It is as both Michael and Timmy said, it is one of, if not the biggest week on the golf calendar it is Masters Week. Boy, oh boy, smell those azaleas. Look at those dogwood trees. We are in Augusta National Golf Club for 72 holes. Half the field will only be 36, but hey, you know, that happens. Still got to play. Good for you guys. But we are going to be, from Thursday to Sunday, all about the beautiful Beautiful course of Augusta National, which was once a nursery, but is now a golf course created by Bobby Jones. And we are going to celebrate an unbelievable week of golf and an unbelievable turnaround from six months ago, just hosting it as well. So we just kind of wanted to start off by just saying how lucky we are that we even got in that Masters in November. But I know that all three of us were able to watch the unbelievable documentary on ESPN, the one in November. And there were so many good things and good, you know, background stories that I don't even think we knew about kind of going into a regular master's year. Never mind an unbelievable master's, which was completely rescheduled and pushed into November. I mean, just going for it that this is the first time that the master's has ever played was ever played outside of March or April ever. And it's 82 years history. Like that's kind of crazy. Um, being able to see like how much detail 
goes into setting everything up. And Mike and Tim, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. There was one quote from one of the kind of, I called him a quartermaster, but I know that's not the right term. You know, it's one of the club, it's the head clubhouse attendant. And he literally said, for us, perfect is just good enough. Oh my God. It brought chills to my mind because when you think about all the, the tournaments and everything like that, it goes so smoothly. And I mean, it is perfect. It's perfect. I mean, just like, especially like the, uh, the way it's broadcasted, they have that website that you can follow every single group. If you like, say you put money on, you know, someone random and you wanted to follow and watch every single shot, you could follow his entire shot. I mean, the masters is the creme de la creme of production. I mean, broadcast wise, TV wise, sponsor wise, and just the way they run the tournament. I mean, they're selling, they're selling sandwiches for two bucks. I mean, if you go to any other tournament, you're buying, you know, find a $10 sandwich. I mean, that's just little things, but I mean, you can't compare. You can't compare. It's the creme de la creme. The guys, you just hear the guys talk about it and creme de la creme. I mean, they, they, it's the top, top tournament. They enjoy it the most. They get treated the best. You know, it's just, it's so well done. And yeah, I mean, you just hear these guys rave and, and get so excited about this event and, and the masters are just so special. Hopefully we get blessed with some good weather. Cause that, that always makes things, uh, makes things nicer. You hear, this is like the start of the spring for, for everybody. And it just brings on those, those joys and, um, those warm weather, good vibes, people outside just enjoying life and uh that's what this is all about i can hear that matt that i can hear that magical piano just ringing in the background oh i mean and not to i totally forgot to touch upon this with the 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 documentary i mean little things like they were showing how to set up like you know they're oh this is where the jellies are going to go these are where you know how to set up the fork knife spoon and it gets wiped down because of covid and all this stuff every time someone leaves um but then they were showing a bag room um, in the locker room and how all of the, the masters specific bags come. So like Rory has his bag that he brings on tour everywhere, but when he goes to the masters, it, it's a white and green one. Everyone has a white and green bag um, specific to their own sponsor. So it's customized. I mean, I just thought, you know, little details like that, where just, you know, you wouldn't really notice it unless you were shown in this documentary. I mean, it was just cool just to see the amount of detail that goes into the masters. Oh, a hundred percent. And you see like, the caddy, like the caddy rooms themselves as well. Like you see an unbelievable amount of having to wear those all white, just like long sleeve, long pants. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, good for you guys, man. Like if I ever got to be a tour caddy, I would look at that and I'd be like, that would probably be my worst week as the tour caddy. But at the same time, like I'd be at Augusta national, so I'd probably be okay with it. But you look at it and it was unbelievable how they were able to describe everything. Like they said, like going down into the Augusta national wine cellar and all the bottles, all the members can buy like at cost and you see the cost of them. And it's like, Oh, if this was at a regular restaurant, this would be like a $1,500 bottle of wine. And here it's like 200, which I mean, is still extremely expensive, but you know, for people being able to understand like what, goes into not just like the master's week, but just Augusta national as a whole, just a very exclusive club an amazing course, but you're able to really see behind like how much preparation really goes in to this event and why they call it like a tradition unlike any other, because it really is like preparation time, 
closing down the course for how long they close it down, being able to get ready for not just like the entire week, but like having not this year. Well, it, they didn't have the part three challenge this year, but like having the part three contest, having four rounds of golf, like being able to build everything around it and just going into it and thinking like how much history is there, how much, you know, amazing wins from Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, you know, Nick Faldo, Tom Watson, like all these different guys and the heartbreaks too, you know, you think about it and it's just like some of the best golfers in history, like Paul Montgomery never won and never won a masters. People always said like Sergio Garcia would never win a major until he broke through in 2017. Like you have all these amazing events like Phil, like, you know, Phil, when he won his first masters with his man boobs flying up into the air for six inches, like, you know, you have all these incredible stories for these incredible golfers. And it just goes to show like why, you know, many people in America, like think of it as like you guys said, the creme de la creme, like the most premier tournament, obviously that's up for debate in other areas, but like for this right now, being able to watch people get ready to try and go win a green jacket and having fans there too. So not like the one in November, like being able to see the fans there, being able to see um, people getting ready for it. It's absolutely unbelievable. And I'm so happy that they were able to do it this time with the fans there too. Cause it was a little weird in November. I think we can all agree there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, it was weird looking at, you know, the, either, tw- you know, 12 and 13, where the azaleas are supposed to be, um, you know, and it was weird looking at in November, but it's, I'm glad that, you know, I was watching live from the masters, you know, all day today. And, you know, it was good to see those azaleas back. And um, one thing I did not, I do not want to gloss over is the coolest part, in my opinion, of that whole documentary was covering the champions dinner because it's got to be the, one of the most exclusive dinners. I mean, at least in sports, um, I mean, you cannot go to this dinner unless you have a green jacket, unless you've won the masters and just to, they showed like a little, um, a little like, you know, 360 view of everyone there. And you got tiger there, you got Freddie couples behind them. And this is, um, you know, last year's, um, in the fall, but they showed, you know, you people, you didn't even think about, you know, like. Jordan's there, you know, he hasn't won in years up until last week. Um, you know, he's there, you know, Sergio's there and just remember, Oh yeah, that's right. Bernhard Langer, you know, he's there, you know, it's like a celebrity time winner, winner. you your know, life, it's, it, your life changes when you win this tournament. Like it just changes. I know your life changes when you host the cleric jog and win the PGA, but like, this is just different, you know? And, and, that champions dinner is so cool. You see pictures and you see photographs and videos of that food. And you're like, get in my belly. That's but, right. Uh, oh my goodness. Just very well done. And, and yeah, imagine being in that room, man. I mean, there's guys right here that are coming in this weekend, this week, I should say, and they're just itching to get, get that master's win, whether it's young guys, old guys, guys that have been around for a while, we got a, a, a great list of players and, people all ages that are just trying to get wins and people that have been playing well lately that are trying to get wins. Lee Westwood, mm-hmm. I want to give you a shout out. I know you said Sergio Garcia, like that's another name. I'm just so happy he got one. Um, but yeah, just exciting. Ready to hear a name? Ian Woosnam. Bet you never heard of him, right? Welsh he's golfer. He won the old. night. Ian Woosnam. Yeah. He won the 1991 
Masters tournament. And he gets, he has won two career PGA Tour events, 29 on the European Tour. Obviously, like he's been done very well on the European Tour, but on the US PGA Tour, he's won two events and one of them was the Masters. And he plays in it every single year. And he goes to that dinner and it's like him and you get other guys like Danny Willett. Danny Willett, I was going to say him. Danny Willett. Out of nowhere. I mean, and then you got the guys who are like very well known, like Bubba Watson. And, um, you know, there, there are other, but like Jose Maria Olathabo, like, you know what I mean? Like there's guys like that too, like out of nowhere, just winners that like you look at it and you're just like, wait a minute, you, you wanted Augusta national. Like really? Like you, you won this <laughs> event. Like, like Charles Schwartzel. Are you there? I was thinking Schwartzel. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Immelman. Gentlemen, yep. All right, we we will never talk. We will never talk bad about El Pato, on Hell Cabrera, but he won it one year. Like rest in peace. I don't think he's dead, dude. No, not dead, but he. he (laughs) He's in some major shit. His oh yeah, his career is dead. That's what I meant. Oh yeah, but Wusnam was a Ryder Cup captain. I thought he was a Ryder Cup captain. I looked it up. Two thousand six, I believe. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. he's a good golfer. Don't don't slight Ian. Oh, I'm not going to say, but your normal American golfer, your normal American golf fan does not know a five foot four Welshman named Ian Woosnam. You know what I mean? Like it just, until you say like he won the masters and then they're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like Freddie boom, boom, like Freddie boom, boom couples. His only lights out. He's lights out. There's no one better than boom, boom, but his only major win, his only major championship is the masters. So, you know what I mean? Like, People think about it and they were probably thinking the same thing about Fred Couples as they think now about Colin Montgomery. It's just like, when is he going to break through? Well, boom, boom, broke through in 1992, baby. Let's go. But I mean, it's, it's the only tournament where you know where it's going to be played and you know when it's going to be played every year. And it's obviously a major. So these guys just get so in tuned and so just obsessed with the golf course and they, they just master getting around it. And, and Freddie, I mean, that's crazy to think that his only major win is a Masters because he's such a good golfer. And um, yeah, but that's 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 nuts. Gotta love Boom Boom. There's no my my mother's favorite golfer of all time is Freddie Boom Boom Couples because he was a ladies' man back in the day. Uh, he's got the soft <laughs> softest hands in the league, baby. Softest <laughs> hands up. in the league, and he got called Boom Boom because he could hit the ball a country mile, which was not well done. Which was not well, you know. People didn't do that back in the day. So you got hit. You know, you got all these amazing players, Larry Mize, who won one, and you got guys like Greg Norman, who were always, you know what I mean, like in the race, all an amazing golfer but just never broke through at the masters. So it's just like, what would it be like if Greg Norman could go to that champions dinner too, which kind of brings me into my next point about the champions dinner, because the biggest thing is that, you know, you saw tiger woods, he did like a good California boy would do. And he had sushi rolls and all that stuff. And you saw like Patrick Reed a couple of years ago, he had like cheeseburgers. (laughs) So it's just like, what would your guys's champions dinner look like? At Augusta National. Ooh. New England clam chowder on the side. With or without, Me. with or without the Tabasco sauce. Tabasco sauce on the side. Well done. Okay. Good job. You can you put it in yourself. Queso? 
Did you say clam cakes? You said clam cakes, right? Ooh, yeah, you got to have the clam oh, cakes. That is by far and away the most Rhode Island thing of all time, and I love it. Uh- <laughs> and then my mind went lobster, too. I saw those um, lobster balls. I think mm. they were this year's uh, edition of some some deluxe, some elegant dish that was must have tasted magnificent. Yeah, mm. I'm pretty sure that uh, DJ went very... I, I don't totally have it. Okay, I got it now. Sorry, I'm going to read through it but i think he went very south carolina which which makes sense since he's from there oh they're like corn fritters right his starters are basically the starters that i would want so i don't like i'm not a lobster guy but lobster and corn fritters sound amazing oh. other appetizer pigs in a blanket hey. Ooh, i would baby. go pigs in a blanket there so was some bad. kielbasa too there was some kielbasa it was wrapped in something Mm. Mm. Was that yeah. was that the pigs in a blanket? Or was like a kielbasa? Yeah, I think it was a kielbasa pigs in a blanket. Yeah. So then he cool. had uh, filet mignon for the oh the, the dessert is the most southern thing of all time, and I love it. Peach cobbler and apple pie, and well, everyone loves apple pie, but apple pie with vanilla ice cream. Oh, oh that's comforting. Oh. <laughs> that is just absolutely just resting in my stomach, ready to ready to go to bed and then wake up and have a round at the masters. Uh, DJ, nice work. I like that. Oh, hey, did man. You, I, I was watching an interview with Jack Nicholas uh, today. Did you know that the winner has to foot the bill for this food? Good. I, Good. I, I, I know that. <laughs> That's I had no why idea. Tiger. Yeah. Tiger was like, I'm very sad that I can't drink a ton of wine tonight to make DJ pay for it. <laughs> oh, I did but again, not it's that. all at cost because like Augusta's weird in that they're like they don't charge like it's all like the prices that Augusta is charging and Augusta doesn't charge prices you know what I mean like they don't like it's kind of crazy which is great I mean I would love it but yeah it's cool I it's all TV say, I was gonna say Tim that peach cobbler going down must taste magnificent but how many guys do you think taste that peach cobbler twice coming up to and, and get a little nervous Thursday morning or Thursday before they're around and, ta- and taste that peach cobbler a second time coming up? Well, very lucky for us, it's, it's Tuesday night, the dinner. But yeah, Wednesday morning, it could definitely come up hard. Oh my God, they're getting ready for the part three contest normally. Just peach cobbler and red wine. Mm, no thanks. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that I did. The nerves are working, so the body is not even worried about digesting. That that peach cobbler's sitting there for a while. All that nerves is, you know, all the nervous system is working extra hard when the and the uh, digestive system is just taking a nap. Just get the Advil ready. That's all I gotta say. Just get the Advil. Get some tums. Just go for it. But you know, pretty pretty great. I I wish one day we were all sitting there, but Lord knows that's. Unfortunately, not going to happen for us, but hey, you never know. Maybe our kids will be there one day. Um, One of the really cool things that was also brought up in the documentary that's actually happening this year is obviously with Arnold Palmer passing away a couple of years back, they've kind of been doing a third person with Gary Player and Jack Nicholas, and they've been introducing kind of an honorary third member to kick off the uh, Masters every year, like Arnold Gary and and Jack Nicholas started doing 
uh, in the late nineties and early two thousands. I think that's when they started doing that tradition. And this year it's going to be Lee elder. Um, so Lee elder was the first African-American golfer to ever play in the masters, uh, back in the seventies. Unfortunately, he never won the masters, but he won eight. He won about six times on the PGA tour. He won a ton on the champions tour. I think he won over 10 events on the champions tour. And, you know, Augusta national has done a really good job. I think in trying to grow the game, especially in their area. Um, Augusta national provided, um, hundred percent of the funding to start a women's golf, uh, college women's golf program at Payne college, which is right down the road from Augusta national in honor of Lee elder. So being able to kind of see all of these different events and you saw the interviews with not only Lee, but also with tiger and with Cameron champ at the 2020 masters and being able to talk to Lee elder, being able to say how much like, he was an influence on, on their lives because they said they had never seen a black golfer at the masters. And all of a sudden tiger said, you know, because of what Lee elder did, I could, I could have seen myself playing there. And my dad drilled it into my mind that I could play at the masters just like he could. So pretty cool story. Love to hear your guys thoughts on it. I mean, just, just, Long overdue. I mean, I, obviously they, they couldn't have picked a better person. I mean, he, I mean, you know, I'm a baseball guy. He is the equivalent. He's the Jackie Robinson of golf, you know, for Augusta national golf club. He really just paved the way. And, you know, without Lee elder, who knows how long it would have taken, you know, who knows whether tiger or, you know, Tony Finau or Cameron champ, you know, and it would be playing at Augusta right now. And obviously they have a terrible history. Um, as far as, you know, everyone knows their history and uh, as to what it meant to be a member at Augusta National. Um, but it's good that they're taking steps uh, to to correct that. And they 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 realize that what they have done is, you know, not not the times of today and long overdue. Great step. Can't wait to see Lee Elder on there. Uh, he's going to be a great a real treat to, to watch. Tim, yeah, you nailed it, man. I mean, well said. And obviously Arnie passing is just devastating and he was such a great icon for the game and so likable, but who better to fill his shoes. And um, yeah, just really excited to see these three guys go out there tomorrow and hit it around and really just try and try and have some fun with it. Uh, it's a great story. Absolutely. And, and I just think, you know, kind of going into, this year for 2021 after everything that happened last year and, and, you know, just trying to kind of put it together and we try and keep, you know, politics out of sports as much as possible. But for here, it's, it's just one of those things where it's just like long overdue statement and it definitely needed to be done. And I'm so happy that elder decided to accept it because there are stories from back in the day when it's, you know, he just was not treated well while playing at the, like not by other golfers, but fans just like not treated the best, um, you know, getting death threats just for accepting an invitation to play there. Like, you know, and so for Augusta national to finally realize how much he meant, not only to other African-American players at that time, but future players and also the golf world in general, and finally showing their gratitude for it. I'm, I'm so happy that that's happening. And I'm so happy that he's going to be, up there on hole one 
uh, tomorrow morning, uh, six 30, I think six 45 being able to hit there with, with Jack Nichols and Gary player. It's going to be a great sight to see. And so kind of going into, continue. Oh, sorry, but didn't mean no, to. Hopefully this trend continues and we continue to see this as the masters continue to improve their identity and their, their integrity and, and just the right thing to do. And hopefully it spreads to just courses and, and cities and towns and places throughout. And I mean, golf is such a great game and people, I mean, you read stories about um, just places that can't put together a golf course and got, and people that can't string together clubs and, um, it, it should be a game that's accessible to everybody and we need to do a better job at, at making that happen. Absolutely. Even heard him in his interview. He said, I wanted to show the kids that I, you know, kids that grew up where I grew up in the rough and rough parts of Dallas, Texas. Like, I mean, he said, you know, in the ghetto of Dallas, Texas, we're not going to use those words anymore, but he said he wanted people who grew up in his community to see someone succeed there. And being able to see that and being able to see what he's done for the game and how and how Augusta National and the Masters is paying it, paying it back and hopefully paying it forward as well is really great to see. Yep. Every every sinner has a past and uh every saint has a future, something like that, you know? Or every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And not entirely sure how that saying works there, but, <laughs> Love <laughs> but it, definitely <laughs> But uh, can definitely. I hope it's um, the second part because Saint sinners having futures would definitely help. <laughs> yes, and so uh, I mean, yes, they had a bad past, but you know, if we if we chastise me on my past, I definitely wouldn't come up not guilty, you know, and you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and so um, you know, it's good to see that they're just improving on 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 what their past would be, you know, or what their past, you know, they're putting the past behind us and uh, you know, improving upon it. That's it. Absolutely. No, I a hundred percent agree. And, you know, kind of switching topics a little bit, but just kind of want to talk about the course itself and like Augusta national, there's probably, especially on the back nine, I would say there's probably three distinct true areas. So you got amen corner, which is 11, 12, the second part of 11 hole 12 and 13, I would say you probably would then loop in like 15 and 16 together, which is the reachable par five followed up by that brutal par three over the water where everyone tries to get a hole in one. And most of the time they just miss and go into the water. And finally you have Holly, which is the last hole, which is probably one of, if not the most picturesque uh, 18th drives to close out a tournament, I think on the PGA tour. And I think in golf right now, because you have that very little window that you got to go right through and make sure that you get it through there or else it's going to hit some trees and you are not going to be having a good time. So I know everyone's answer is probably going to be amen corner, but I want, I want to hear kind of, you know, for this part of the course, like where's probably, your guys's favorite area. If you guys have other holes that you want to talk about too, like, you know, we definitely want to open it up and, and just see, and just get, get, get something a little bit where we can talk about a little bit more about the holes themselves too. For sure. Yeah. I got, I got a good one that I, I really enjoy. It's the second hole. It's 
pink dogwood, par five, five seventy five. And I mean, you see guys albatross out from the fairway, like Louis Eustazen. Well, Louis Eustazen, and and it's it's so cool. I think I think it's I think it's Thursday's pin place tonight. Don't quote me, but they tuck it behind the pin on uh, behind the bunker on the right. And you just, you just, you, you send a three iron or I mean, you, some of these guys might be hitting a friggin' seven iron in there. If they, they bomb it down there, it trickles down. It's kind of a sloped fairway, um, from back to front. And you got the, the sand bunker on the right. If you kind of block it right as a righty, you're, you're kind of screwed. You're, you're in a pretty deep bunker and you just kind of chip up right before the, the green. And, and then you, you get on in three, but I love that second shot into the pink dogwood. It's, it starts off your round. It really kind of gets guys in the groove. And if guys make Eagle there, um, birdies common, but if guys make Eagle there, um, it's, it's just a, a round starter and it's right on the second and it, it's a cool little hole. You're absolutely right with pink dogwood. It's a, you get through the first hole and you can take a deep breath and then you can have some fun. I absolutely <laughs> agree. And they said that's one of the best views on the course. Uh, I was watching, you know, someone walking around the Masters, and uh, it was Jeff Shackelford actually, and he was walking around um, Augusta National, and he, he took us to the top, right to the crest of the top of Pink Dogwood, where you can look down onto the green and you can see like three or four different holes. He said that was the best um, perspective to get a, a, a real um, a real grasp at how busy it is and just the buzz that of people walking everywhere. And you know, he said it's one of the first places you should go if you're ever there. And uh, so good call, Mike. I like you. I like that you talked about pink dogwood. That's a good call. Um, Absolutely. I, Brendan, this is, I was, I know you got a few. Oh my God. When I saw this, that this was a topic. I mean, I'm a golf course guy. I'll talk about the golf course all day. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. And uh, so obviously amen corner is cool. You know, 11, 12, 13, you know, the azaleas, the, the, the great, you know, swirling winds on 12, you know, the, the tough hole, you know, the 511 yard par for uh, 11th hole, you know, it's, it's great. And uh, it really makes the, the middle of the back nine great. So you're not just watching just the ending holes. Um, you know, you're not just excited for the ending holes. It really, you know, as soon as they tee off on 10, you're like, all right, amen. Corn is right around the corner. You know, here we go. And uh, so anyway, my favorite hole do because uh, the competitor in me, the, the, the guy who wants a romantic electric finish is um firethorn number 15 i love that par five it is the last chance for a real eagle it is the last i mean you can it's shorter than the 11th hole it's like 505 yards something like that which is which is wild um and to have you you pop it up on top of the hill and you can either go for everyone's going for it if you're in contention at the masters you're going for and it's such a small landing area you got to get it over the water. If you land it just short, then it's rolling back in the water. If you hit it far, you better hope that it's the rough has not been cut that day because it's going in the water on 16. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that, that is my favorite hole. When like, when, when someone's like two shots behind them, like, it's okay. They still got 15. And uh, it's just, it's my favorite hole to watch on, on Augusta for sure. Yeah. I would absolutely say that like 15 is one of my favorites because it is uh, pink uh, white dogwood which is 11 is 505 yard par four, which is crazy. Um, and Firethorn is 530 yards. So think about that. Yards, so you're probably yards. putting your drive in a very, so say, you know, you hit it 300, 310 
Like that's a very reachable par five. You see all those guys trying to reach it right there. I personally, I, I love the 18th hole because it is, and it's not a hard hole. It's really not that hard of a hole, but being able to watch them just hit the drive through the pines and like being able, I, I just think it's, it's unbelievable. Like, I, I think that is the best like picture every year that you get from golf, like with everyone standing around. Like I know last year that wasn't the same, but I, I love hole 18. And I do like 15, 16 combo. Cause it is really like your last chance for glory because, you know, 17 is not 17 is probably the hardest hole. Out of all of there, out of 15, mm. 16, 17, 18, I mean, Holly's longer, but like when you get to the 18th, like there is a humongous fairway, like a huge, when you get through the trees, there is an enormous fairway that you can hit. So I do think like the last four holes are probably like my favorite area, obviously amen corner. Like you got to go there. Great, great pick by Mike with pink dogwood, because that is being able to sit on top of the second hole and just watching those guys just vomit right down the middle and, 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 you know, try and hit the green, which is D which is, you know, in the Valley itself. So it's a very reach, even though it's 575 yards, like, you know, you can take 20, 30 yards off that second shot because it's so D I, I call it D elevated, even though that's completely wrong word for it, but because it's in the Valley, you can hit it like, you know, a 210, 205 shot, if you get it to, you know, if you're 230 yards away, you could probably hit a much easier shot than you normally would. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, can we get some love for the front, fellas? I mean, number nine, Carolina Cherry, that's a fun, fun ending hold to a, to a tough first nine. I mean, I don't know if you guys can recall, but if it, it again, kind of, kind of resembles um, Pink Dogwood, where you're, Teeing off from above, you're gonna drive it. But if you drive it too far, you uh, you gotta you gotta hit your second. It's up a hill, and there's two bunkers guarding it on the left. Um, and it's a tough. You better be on that. You better be on that bottom tier of the green. Yeah, because it's that. Yeah, because that's the one where it's like it's it's a severe. Right. You know, if you're if you're not on that bottom tier, if the hole is down there, then you cannot put it from there. It's still stay on the green. Oh yeah. This whole t yeah. This is. Hole nine does not have a good green. <laughs> it is it is not a kind green, to say the least. The it par is... threes on the front. I mean, those daunting, daunting. Yeah. Number w- four and number six, I believe. Crab yeah. apple. <laughs> 240 yards. I'd be taking driver. Like I, I would probably be, you know, I'd be taking my three one most likely. But number driver. four, flowering crab apple 240 yards i'd be hitting three wood and i would need all of my three wood to get there and they you just you you gotta you want to make par and get out of there real quick right they say they say number four and number five are the ones that people real are daunting it was um i believe it was gary player who said number five which we didn't talk about is he said it was that hole that really get uh, you know got into his face and really was in his head uh, when he was playing. It's a, uh, it's a bar four. It's like 411 yards or something like 495. That. Yeah. It's a long, 495? Par four. it is a long, Magnolia. it's a longer par four. And it does connected, uh, protected by two bunkers right in the front. And mm-hmm. they just want to make four and get, get the hell out of there. And Seriously. Go to, go to the easier par three, which is no cakewalk either. 
at that point for Magnolia, you just aim for the bunker and hope you get a good lie. Like, honest. Aim for the bunker, hope you get a good lie and can put it within like three feet. Um, hey, on masters.com, this hole, Magnolia, number five, inspired by the legendary road hole at the old course at St. Andrews, Bobby Jones initially disapproved of the fairway bunkers. Hmm. Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah, there is. He he did z- design it, co-design it with uh, Alistair McKenzie, I think his name was, um, which who was very famous. I, I hope I'm getting the McKenzie part right. I do know his first name is Alistair. Um, but he did co-design it with Alistair McKenzie, who is a very, very famous. Um, Alistair of course, architect. Yes. You're right. 100%. Yep. Very famous. I thought, course I thought architect. that. I thought that was his only one. McKenzie? It was it Alistair McKenzie's only one or Bobby Jones's only one? No, Bobby Jones did a lot too. Um, I could be wrong. Oh, no. You know what I'm thinking? No, I stand corrected. That's disregard that. I'm thinking of uh, Pine Valley's architect. Yeah, that was his only one. Alistair McKenzie, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, disregard. oh, no problem, man. But, um, but yeah, so being able to kind of use that and I cannot, I'm not surprised that I could see Bobby Jones being like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> like We are absolutely not having those British pop bunkers in the middle of my hole. I want this beautiful. <laughs> Alistair McKenzie's like, nope, it's going in. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Um, but I mean, one of the things I will say is that obviously they, you know, I think it was back in 2009, they called it, they tigerized the course because mm. they made it from 6,900 yards to 7,400 yards, what it is now. And even now, you know, the course record was set last year. The tournament record was set last year by Dustin Johnson, right. 20 under par. And Cameron Smith, who came in second, which was 15 under par, I think he would have won all but four masters. Think about that. Like, how crazy is that? So they they push the tee so far back because everyone's making crazy scores. They're like, oh, this will push. This will make it harder. And just like, nope, nope, not at all. Actually, the guys, the guys below are going to hit it even farther and even more and, and stick the green even more. So um, going into what DJ was able to do in November last year, and I don't know if it was because it was November and the course was you know, not, you know, it was in fantastic, amazing shape, but it might not have been in the normal April shape that we see. But my God, did he tear that thing up last year? Oh my goodness. Oh, that power fade, baby. It's scary. It's scary. Uh, If he wasn't so darn expensive in daily fantasy this week, I probably would have taken him because I would have been like, he just won here six months ago, but we'll get into that in a little bit, but being able to kind of see what DJ was able to do to that course last year. And then Cameron Smith having a great game, having a great four rounds too, being able to come back, being able to get that second place. Like it was unbelievable being able to watch that November masters. I really enjoyed it, but DJ was able to set that record. Our boy, the great one tiger still holds the margin by, and that is 12 strokes uh, set in 1997. His first masters. Think about that. Think about that. That was his first masters win. 
And, you know, I think some people thought Jordan Spieth was going to come close. He won by four strokes. DJ, I honestly thought DJ was going to run, like, run away with it last year. But he ended up falling back a little. I mean, he didn't fall back, but people caught up to him, too. Um, You know, it's just one of those things where this tournament is almost always very close. It's usually within one to three strokes. But sometimes you just get a player like Tiger Woods coming out or you get a guy like DJ coming out last year. I mean, you look at from 2019, Tiger won by one stroke. 2018, Patrick Reed, one stroke. 2017, Sergio, playoff. Oh, that was a good one. 2016, Danny Willett, three strokes. Danny Danny Willett. When was that Bubba Watson? Bubba Watson. Mm -hmm. Bubba Watson's playoff was his first win in 2012. And then Adam Scott won it the next year in 2013 in a playoff over. (laughs) The 2012 Masters, I'll never forget forget because Louis Eustazen put in that dunk, that double eagle, like dunked that albatross on the second hole. So good call on the second hole again, Michael. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah. I don't want to. Uh, I want to give Tiger his respect here too. I don't want to skip over that name. I know you had uh, had him on here, and I know you've been been talking about him. So let's just give him a little bit more airtime. Um, I mean, I don't know if I've ever felt like I've always really, really missed Tiger in the Masters, and really, really missed Tiger in major events. And it's something that really gets me upset when he's not in there. I mean, I haven't felt that this go around. I'm, I mean, I'm amped for the Masters, but it, to me, it's just like Tiger's not there. Like, like I never anticipated him to be there. It's obviously been in the news that he's been away and had a terrible accident for, for quite some time now. So I've kind of been able to prepare myself. But, I mean, I'm just so excited about this field that we have, and it's it's a capturing field, and, and there's so many storylines. And, and I'm kind of... I'm upbeat about the fact that I'm not dreading Tiger not being at this event. Like, obviously we miss him. Obviously we want him to play, but usually it gets me to the point where like, I don't even watch like the the Thursday, Friday. Like I, I don't even really care if Tiger's not in the masters. Like I, like I, I care, I don't care to the point where I don't, I just won't watch it. Obviously I'll watch it Saturday, Sunday, but I'm really excited for this field and, we miss Tiger, and we know he's going to be following. But uh, it's it's an exciting time in golf. I didn't realize that's how I felt, but you just made me realize how I felt. That is that is, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're right. Like other years, you'd be like, "Oh, something's missing here," but Tiger's won again. You know, you know he's just recovering. There's, you know, there's a reason that he's out, and uh, you know, you really we're just glad that he's okay rather than. You know why the hell is he at this golf course right now? And I, I, I think, I, 100%. I think you're right there that he won again too. That I didn't even think about that. Like he, he won again. So I mean, what more is there? Obviously, I want him to break Jack, but we're not yearning for it anymore. We're not. Mm. We, we, we've had that. We've had that because all the people that you know, we. How many years did he have since his last win? In I mean, he obviously had a couple, but. His last major versus you know his major in in nineteen. Um, that, that was eleven. It was eleven years, right? Eleven yeah, years because he won 08 the U.S. Open, but between Masters it was two thousand five to two thousand nineteen. Wow. 
we've Wait, never that's Jack seen Nicholas, that. That's Jack Nicholas range right there because Jack Nicholas won his sixth in 1986. And before that, his last win came in 1975. So literally 11 years, just like Tiger, but he did it different in the U in you know, U.S. Open versus versus Masters. But yeah, I mean, Tiger had not won since 2005. Oh, so Chris DeMarco, we, by the way, in 2005. Oh, I don't even know crazy. what he's doing anymore. <laughs> he's not at the Champions Dinner, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure isn't. But uh, but yeah, so I do think, and I do think some of the other, I think, you know, we knew Tiger wasn't going to be, it's super sad. Like, I wish he was there too. But then you look back and you see like, Rooks Kepka made it back. I think that's a huge draw. I think that's another reason why people are like, okay, not like that, you know, it, it makes up for Tiger not being there, but it's just like, okay, Brooks Kepka is playing like, this is a huge name. John Rahm originally was not supposed to play because his son was supposed to be born this week and he actually was born last week. So that's a huge name in it. But we also do have like some pretty big names and some pretty interesting stories that didn't make it. I mean, I think we all know the first person that we're going to say, mm-hmm. and it's really sad. He likes uh, to wear orange. He loves to wear orange. His nickname is BDR, uh, Mr. Ricky Fowler. You know what would have been the absolute worst thing too? I was thinking about it. What if ESPN like had him do commentary during the week on like Thursday oh. and Friday? I think those oh. are optional obligations. I don't think ESPN can make him. No, no. But how funny would that have been? Yeah, that would have been. If I see any <laughs> Grant, torture. if I see any Grant Thornton ads during the masters i'm gonna like write a letter to espn being like you guys know that ricky was not in this tournament correct (laughs) he did not qualify (laughs) oh my god he would he would have had to go ahead mike no you uh you know ricky would have to be a real good sport to that which i'm sure he's a good sport because say he's like commentating from in back of the 12th uh, T box, you know, people would be yelling at him or, you know, waving to him as his, you know, Jordan Spieth would bust his chops. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'd be a good sport, but you know, he would, he wouldn't hear the end of it. Oh, and, no, uh, absolutely not. It would have been hilarious, though. Um, and like, I, I think there's some other big, big names that also didn't make it. I mean, we just saw uh, Joel Damon, who won his first event a couple weeks back mm-hmm. at the Corrales, like the emotion when he won. I was like, oh my God. And him always talking about like how much he wants to play in the Masters. And, you know, there's a lot of guys like that where Max Homa, like he won the Genesis, so he got in. Um, but, you know, Joel Damon did, won the Corrales, which was an alternate event, so he didn't get into the turn. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of weird rules like that. And then we have a Duffin Up fan favorite. Maybe just a Duffin up favorite. He might just be, or either, you know, he might be up there. We have Charlie Hoffman, who looks like a thumb, but Charlie Hoffman did not make it. And it is literally, I think that's one of the saddest things because he had to win last week in order to get in. And again, mm. again, finished in second place at the Texas Open. Chuck Hoffman. The dude picked. The dude can't stop finishing in second place at the Texas Open. 
No, he gets hot around Masters time every single year. I mean, you know, you've seen the last, I mean, I don't know, not in 2020, but um, in 2019, 2018, and a couple of years before that, he's always in contention the first couple of days. And then he kind of fades away, you know, mm-hmm. but he's always, you know, one, two. And I would have picked him, you know, just to, I know he would have made the cut um, this this week, but. Um, he always gets hot around Masters time, and he had. It's unfortunate he didn't get into the Masters because he's always wearing those green hats. Um, come Masters Day, but uh, yep. Yeah. Um, sorry, Chuck. We were uh, we were rooting for you, but I was kind of glad that Jordan won instead. No offense. He didn't actually get into any of the majors in 2020, which I'm surprised at because Charlie Hoffman's like a pretty damn good player, but. Yep, he's always, I mean, 2015 to 2019, T9, T29, T22, T12, T29. He's never missed a cut at the Masters. He's played in six Masters. He's made six cuts. So, you know, I think I think he'll be missed out there. I really like Charlie Hoffman. I think he's a really good guy. I did love, I think it was the 2019 Texas Open when he and his cat, like his caddy was like begging him to lay up on the 18th hole after Corey Connors, like, made that shot and and got onto the green into Charlie Hoffman just looked at his caddy. He was like, dude, I'm trying to win a golf tournament. Like I'm going for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Reminds me of tin cup. Yes, exactly. Literally just, Oh yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, better than the greatest game ever played. We can have a conversation about this during, during the off season. This is this is an off season oh. conversation. This is an off season conversation. We're gonna hold this. Oh this is this is right around Sanderson Farms championship time when we'll bring this back up. Okay. So put a pin in it. We'll bring it back in November. <laughs> um, that no makes my l- yeah. That makes no my loins is- go ahead. It's a no offense to <laughs> Sanderson Farms Championship. We're we're big fans of yours, but yeah. Oh shit. Oh, Kevin Costner, Rene Russo, Tin Cup, go watch it. Unbelievable film. Anyways, put a pin in it back in November. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do think, I mean, you know, it, it does kind of stink that like a guy like Joel Damon, who just had his first career win, who's always said like his goal is to play the Masters and like because it was an alternate event, like he didn't get in the tournament. I'm like, ah, that kind of stinks. That's a little fishy, but I think he does qualify for it next year, which is cool, which is great. Um, and then Charlie Hoffman, like four top tens this year, second place last week. Like, uh, come on, man. Let's chuck in. Let's chuck in. So that's kind of, you know, a little unfortunate, but did come in second place. Mm. You know who came in first place? Yeah, that's right. Jordan Speed. And Jordan, what what's his middle name? What's his oh, middle I, name? Like this is a great question. We're gonna go to the old Google machine real quick. What is Jordan Speed's middle name? Watch it be like something crazy. Oh no, it's Alexander. Oh, all right. Jordan Alec. I thought it was gonna be like his mom's maiden name. Like that would have been weird. Or not weird, but that would have been pretty normal, but like something crazy. Like Jordan Vidalia Spieth. Like that would have been really funny. Vidalia. Jordan Longhorn Spieth. That would have been really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, too. When Jordan Spieth gets hot, Jordan Spieth gets hot. And when does Jordan Spieth get hot? Usually right around major championship time. 
So I am excited. I am so happy. And again, going back to what Mike said, like the fact that like Tiger is not as missed as I think he usually would be. I think one of the reasons is because we, we've been watching Jordan Spieth become Jordan Spieth again. Like having all these top tens this year and top fives this year, just winning again last week. Like, just like we talked about it on our first podcast, is Jordan Spieth back? Like Jordan Spieth's back, guys. I'm excited. He's my pick. He, I mean, he is totally my pick to win this week. And I know it's probably the the most common. And uh, I think everybody that gambles, I, th- I think there's a lot of money on on Jordan Spieth this week. But obviously. He's got to go out and prove it, and it's an exciting time, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Brendan, you said a big draw for you was uh, Brooks Kepley, and like you were saying that there's some some big names that, you know, uh, that fill in the spot for Tiger, you know, and that we're not hurting as much because Tiger's not in there. So you said Brooks Kepka was a big draw for you. Um, I, I, like the, I like that Jordan's back, and I like that Rory is – always he's always trying for the sixth time to get that grand slam so i have a i have a draw question for you it is jordan spieth all right so do you want jordan spieth to win this week or would you rather have rory mcelroy uh win this week and so let me let me tell you my 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 romance my romance of like just great stories for the year i want rory to win this week get the grand slam i want jordan to win at the pga get the grand slam we got a rival. We're we're going into this. We have Jordan versus Rory. Here we go. America versus Great Britain. Here we go. That's I was gonna, I was going to say, fuck you, Tim. I mean, you really <laughs> got to make me choose between those two guys. Those I literally was talking to my dad today about the Masters and who do I want and and Rory and Spieth are are, are my two guys that that I'm pulling for. And I mean that makes too much sense right there. How can I just go against your logic right there, Tim? I mean, nail on the head, Rory, get him the grand slam. He's such a great figure for the game of golf and he does it the right way. And he's done nothing but um, be an ambassador for the game. And he, he deserves it. I know he hasn't, hasn't put one in the hole on that, that final day and, 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 and put on that green jacket, but he, that time will come and let's, let's make it this week. Um, But I have Spieth. I really think Spieth is 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 more finely tuned right now and and more ready. I I haven't seen Rory uh, put put the 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 emphasis on on winning and and he just hasn't come in come in clutch lately. Jordan Spieth, the answer is Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. They need. We need Jordan Spieth to be back because. Like it is so amazing to watch him when he's on. Like it's watching Dustin Johnson when he's on, but it's just a com- it's a completely different game. Where when Dustin Johnson's on, he's hitting the ball 365 yards down the middle of the fairway and making it look easy. When Jordan Spieth is on, it's every single part of his game. It's he's driving the ball, you know, three fifth, three ten, three fifteen, which he usually doesn't do. He's usually right around two ninety three hundred. He's ball striking. His ball striking is on point right now. He is hitting the greens. He is making it stick. And his putting is back to when he was hitting that silly little Wilson putter that he just kept getting elongated before Titleist came in and gave him millions of dollars to play Scotty Cameron. Like he is back. 
I am so happy for it. I want to see him continue to win because when George Spieth wins, he wins in spurts. He'll win two or three tournaments within a one month span and then he'll go back and just keep playing well. But I need Jordan Spieth to win this week at the Masters. Please, God, just keep let it go. Let it keep going, baby. Sam, That's all I care about. There? Are you surprised there by, by Brandon? I am. I am. But I get it because I didn't know how much I needed Jordan Spieth until until we really he really started getting back into the swing of things. And we need Jordan Spieth. No, I mean, what, all right. Let me ask you, what's your favorite Jordan Spieth moment, Brendan? I know mine. I can remember the, the absolute moment. Mike, do you well, know your favorite Jordan Spieth moment? My favorite Jordan Spieth moment is Dustin Johnson missing missing a three foot putt to force a playoff, and Jordan Spieth winning the U.S. Open. <laughs> is it the Travelers, Tim, where you and Michael Greller just embrace? That's that's an unbelievable. That is probably I mean, like the best Jordan Spieth moment. Or him winning the John that's- Deere, like that was unbelievable. In order to get into the U.S., I think he did not qualify for the U.S. Open that year, and because he won the John Deere the week before, he got into the U.S. Open. You know, I, I do think, um, I mean, that John Deere, yeah, that's that's got to be it. I mean, him winning the Masters is an unbelievable, you know, his, him winning his Masters. Um, I don't feel as bad anymore saying, like, DJ missing that pup because he went and then destroyed Oakmont the next year, so it's okay. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, I would say the I would say him winning the John Deere classic for his first PJ wins, probably an amazing moment. And then travelers masters. Yeah. I just, I just like it when Jordan Spieth is, is back to playing the golf that he was when he was 21. Let me ask you this. And I think I know the answer say tomorrow, tomorrow starts the U S open and Spieth is playing this well. And Mickelson's in the field. Are you pulling for Spieth to get a dub, or are you pulling for Mickelson to make his his four bidder? We all know the, we all know the answer. <laughs> but you just don't you just don't have that affiliation with Rory. I do like Rory, but I always thought of Rory as just Tiger Junior. And like I didn't really like. I was not a huge like I I am a big Tiger fan, but I was not a Tiger fanboy growing up. So like when. Rory came in and all of a sudden he started getting the Nike stuff and like he started playing the terrible, terrible Nike golf gear. Like, oh my God, what were they ever thinking making equipment? Was Dude, I would buy that shit. I love Nike and and I was the same way. I can't uh I can't disagree with you. I was the same way. And when he came and threw on the Nike shit, I was I was like, get off Tiger's trail. Get a get a new get a new line of of equipment of, of apparel, but, uh, he's grown on me. Let's just say that. Well, it was better than that first sponsor he had. It was, it was like Jeremiah hotels or whatever. Oh, Jemira. <laughs> Jemira. Yeah. Ooh, that was gross. And he had oh, his yeah. awkward hair and everything like that. Well, he was like 17 <laughs> at the time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and he won the Abu, he won the Dubai championship and won like $1.5 million as a 17 year old. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. Looks like he, yeah. it, it looked like you still put down a case a day when he was 17. Mm. You probably did being, being from across the pond. That's mm. right. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say I would just, I just thought that like, I was never a big Nike guy. I actually don't like Nike apparel, like Nike golf apparel at all. Like team Adidas, hundred percent team Adidas. Um, but I, you know, when, Tiger started playing Nike stuff. Like that's when he 
kind of started going downhill too. Like, I mean, obviously everything else happened, but um, I was just never a big like Nike golf guy at all. And Rory comes in and all of a sudden they're just like, oh, Rory, like, you know, they just tried to make Rory like Tiger 2.0. And I'm like, it's not working, guys. Like, it's just not working. Like Rory's got to have Rory's got to be his own guy. Um, and I think they kind of corrected that with Spieth. Like they didn't make Spieth into like Tiger 3.0. They were just like, it's Jordan Spieth. Um, but you know, I don't know. I was, I, I like Rory a lot more now than I did, but I like Jordan Spieth better. Sorry. Can you tell me that? I mean, there, there might not be a better interviewer than Rory McIlroy. I mean, he tells you exactly how it is in the most professional, uh, just, just the way he has, the way he has, um, you know, around, around a microphone, it's honest, it's nice. He's humble. Um, he doesn't dance around questions either. He doesn't dance around shit. No, exactly. He'll tell you how it is and, uh, in a nice way, articulate way. And, um, unlike myself, but yeah. And then, (laughs) and, and, uh, you know, it, it is a, it is a joy to watch and how can you not like him? How can you not cheer for him? Just like Jordan speed. How can you not cheer for him? Because he's, yep. when he's on the microphone, he's he's saying we for him and his caddy, you know, I love exactly. that. He says, we. yeah, you get me going, man. You guys, we're, we're jiving here. This is exciting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a matter of time before the first ball is fucking bombed off that first fairway. And Oh yes. Oh, I'm excited. And I think we all know that no matter what, or no matter who wins this week between Jordan, Rory, or whoever else, I think we all know that we all want Tony Fee now to go and win the Puerto Rico open again. So Tony Fee now you're, you're on notice back to the Puerto Rico open. You go. I, I, I wouldn't mind Tony catching. I would love Tony Fee now to win something, <laughs> something, but I mean, if, if Rory isn't going to win it, if speed isn't going to win it, I mean, why not Fee now? You, you, you yeah. love Tony Finau. I love Tony Finau. I feel like everyone loves Tony Finau, though. Tony Finau, Tommy Fleetwood, these are guys that, like, I I feel like, uh, you know, obviously I couldn't root for Tommy Fleetwood over Shane Lowry when the British Open was in Ireland and <laughs> in Northern Ireland and, and, and Lowry was going away with it. But I was like, man, like, Tommy Fleetwood's another guy who wears Nike, too. Like, I don't know why I like the guys who wear Nike, but... Um, you know, Tommy Fleetwood was a guy that I was, I was a big fan of and still am a big fan of. So I'd, I'd love to see him get a good shot this week too. Oh man. Speaking of winners and losers and events and fantasy, even though I just put that fantasy in right there, uh, mm-hmm. it is time for our daily fantasy picks brought to you by no one if you want to be have us be brought to you sponsor us and by sponsor i mean just let us play free weekly that's all that matters to us so we have three different lineups from three different people some of us may have put two lineups in this week but we will only share one one lineup everyone knows the rules on the podcast other lineups you can still have but one lineup everyone knows the rules so last week, Michael, did you go? F- you went last, correct? You you went first, I believe, right? And I think I went first. Michael, you went last, and Tim, you went second, right? Correct. So Mikey, correct, Mike- Mikey, it's your first. It's your turn to go first for this week. I can do that. Let's go. So I mean, I think you already guessed my 
my top dog, Jordan Spieth, winner of the Valero Texas Open last week. I'm a believer. I'm a fan. Again, a lot of my fantasy picks are with my heart and not my head. So if you're listening to me out there, understand that statement. Jordan Spieth, good luck to you, kiddo. Second, Hideki Matsuyama. Just like a stud. That. Just a stud. Just someone who gets the job done. Don't want him to win unless he makes me a rich, rich man. But um, yeah, Hideki, I think you're just someone who's just so stable and just is always there, makes cuts, tops leaderboards, you name it. He's a, a good value play there. Next up, man, I'm paying up for this guy. Lee Westwood, 8,800. I saw that. Bad move, bad move, yeah. bad move. No, no, no. His, son's, his, son's, his son is on the bag. Bad move. It's not, it's not his wife. His son is on the bag. I think Lee is more mentally stable and more just of a gritty competitor to, to let just a change in caddy really impact the way that he goes about his golf game. Oh, really? Yeah. He went T2, T2 with his wife on the bag. When his son went on the bag, guess what happened? Yeah, we, missed the cut. we talked about it. It was one event and who cares? Who knows if he was really invested? This is the masters. Lee wants this. You're going to tell me that Lee Westwood that is true. That is isn't true. Isn't going to go out there and compete his dick off for this thing. You got to be kidding me. Um, so yeah, I guess I got Spieth, Westwood, Matsuyama in that order in terms of most expensive to least. And then we're going to go to Tommy Fleetwood. Again, a guy who is steady is um likable uh i know he's from across the pond but we we like his golf game and he has yet to get a win win on u.s soil but i don't think it'll change i just think that he'll be there and then we got sergio garcia coming in at 7900 serge is he's a stud and you know if if he's on he's on and and he's going to be there i won't spend too much time on serge but I'll certainly be keeping my eye out on him and his scorecard this week. And then lastly, kind of surprised by this guy being my lowest valued pick, Jason Day of Australia, a guy who knows how to play it. Augusta um, he's won there before. Um, I mean, is that correct? He's won there. He's never won, but it's okay. He's, yeah. he's been top five a couple times. Shit. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> give me a top five finish. Jason, but uh, yeah, just Spieth, Westwood, Matsuyama, Fleetwood, Garcia, Day. That's a good lineup there, Michael. I was considering a lot of those people. Yeah, Jordan Spieth. I mean, sorry, not Jordan Spieth. Uh, Jason Day has four top top tens in his uh, Masters tournament history, and has only missed the cut one time, and withdrew one time because of injury. So really good pick there. I like it. I like it a lot. What do you think, Tim? You want me to go or do you want to go ahead? Let me see what you got. Do you okay. have Jason Day on yours? No, I don't. No, I do not. Oh. Nope. No, I thought about it. I did think about it, but I decided against him. So my first pick, and this is my most expensive pick, and this is a guy who I don't think is a dark horse. I think he's just a contender. And his name is Xander Schauffele. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. at $10,000, do you know that Xander Schauffele has missed one cut in 12 major championships that he's played in? 
He's wow. missed one cut, and that was the PGA Championship. The dude makes cuts. The dude wins events in a very important time. Won the Tour Championship a couple of years ago. Last year, if it hadn't been for Dustin Johnson having a 10-stroke advantage, he would have won the Tour Championship again. He is an absolute machine in majors. I just don't see this guy getting... I think... He is maybe not a top five waiting to happen this week, but I do think he is uh, a guy who's who's a very, very serious contender. My second most expensive guy right here, 9,400, Jordan Spieth. Got to do it. You got to do it. When he wins, he wins in spurts. When he wins, he goes all out. The Masters, he has finished in second place once. He's won it once. He has... I don't, think he's ever missed the cut at the masters either i could be completely wrong on that um and he was low amateur there as well he's got a huge history at the masters i just think this is like kind of how it's bubba watson like everyone thinks it's bubba watson's tournament too like i just think the masters is is his um his lowest finish ever was 2020 t46 before that he was t21 third t11 t2 win T2. The dude is a monster at the Masters. My third pick, $8,500, Daniel Berger. Big fan of the Burgermeister, Meister Berger. Love him. Love him. Four tops tens this year. Only missed one cut. He's been unbelievable since he came back. He had a great start to last year as well in 2020. I just think it's sooner or later he's going to break through at a major, major event. And I think this could be a time where he, he really does break through. I saw that face, Tim. I'm not sure if you were a fan of it or not a fan of it. You got him too. <laughs> yeah. He won the 18 T pro am. Yeah. yeah and dude, he, he's good, man. He's, and you know what, you know why else I want him? Because I, he wins the masters. He better damn serve cheeseburgers at the masters dinner <laughs> the next year. You better. <laughs> anyway, if your no, name but, is you know, Daniel Berger, you have to serve cheeseburgers. That is correct. Have to. Guys, have to. Yes. Stop making me laugh. Stop making me laugh. My pain medicine's wearing off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You got to love Burger Meister, Meister Burger, though. He's been a machine this year, and I think he's just a great overall golfer, too. Number four, $8,200, Cameron Smith. Unbelievable event last year. Since that event, I think he's missed one cut. In fact, Yep, he missed the Farmers Insurance Open. He missed the cut at the Farmers Insurance. Since then, um, you know he's had uh, Zozo Championship, which was the week before or two weeks before the Masters. He was top five, top five at the Genesis, top twenty at both the Workday and the uh, Players. He's just a good player. I think. I think he's just really due for it. I think he's going to be great. Number five. $7,300, my dark horse, Will Zala Horace. He's going to get eaten up. This is the first time he's playing. He finished top five in the U.S. Open in his first ever major. Get out of here. You you put respect on Will Zala Horace's name. You put some respect on there. He he's got to earn it, and I'm looking forward to following his scorecard this weekend. <laughs> Hopefully this weekend. My brother likes that pick. My brother was saying that he picked Will Zalatoris, Zalatoris too. He has missed one cut in his PGA Tour career. 
That was at the Sanderson Farms Championship, which we shouted out earlier. Shout out Sanderson Farms Championship. Send us to Jackson, Mississippi. We'll gladly come and, and walk the course with y'all. Um, but he literally has missed one cut in his career on the PGA Tour. He has top. He does have a top ten finish already in a major tournament. And I just, I just think he's. I think he is going to be the next up and comer from that from this group. And finally on here, and this is a really big dark horse. It's a 60. I ran out of money. I ran out of money, not going to lie. Yeah, you had fucking Shoffley and Spieth. Yep. But, I mean, this is probably the value picks of all value picks. And no, it's not Lonto Griffin. I thought about it. I did think about it. (laughs) $6,500, Ryan Palmer. That's a good one. Ryan, did you just say who? Yep. You don't know who Ryan Palmer is? No, I think I do. Let me just get a photo. He's got oh, the beard going. Oh yeah, he's not, he he's he's steady. I think I he is very he is a the like he hasn't won this year. I think he did win last year. Uh, I think he won that like workday championship at it's, it's Ryan Ryan Palmer. That's what I said, Ryan Palmer. Oh, all right. I thought you I did. Thought you think said I said Brian? Yeah. No, I also thought about taking Brian Harmon, but he was actually too expensive, and I ran for the money. <laughs> Um, Ryan Palmer is kind of one of those steady Eddie guys. He can make a run. And I think he, um, he hasn't played the masters since I think 2018, but I don't think he's missed a cut at the masters. So I, I just think he's a good pick for me and I, I'm, I'm taking him with that 6,500 bucks. So Tim leading it up one money yeah. last week, Michael won money last week. Brendan did not That's win right. money last week. Let's, let's see what you got right now. That's what Ooh. I wanted to add. Oh, talk it up, Mike. Talk it up. No, oh, I just wanted to add. Me and Timmy, I think we're I'm two for three. We got to keep track of this, you know. I'm two for four. No, we we skipped a two week. For three. So I'm two. I'm two for three. I've made a whopping, I think, five bucks. Uh, I know all it's, reinvested. <laughs> <laughs> it's ten dollars to enter the millionaire this week. So DraftKings, I'm coming for it. And uh, me and Timmy, Timmy, take it away on how much you won this past week. Oh, this uh, I won two fifty three. Yeah, two fifty. Two dollars and fifty cents. Charlie Hoffman coming up big. Pat and Kazire with a seven seven under uh, final round. He really. I, I got a text from uh, from Brendan saying, "Who Timmy? Great pick with Pat and Kazire. Looking actually seven under on the board. I'm like, holy smokes! He got me one hundred seventeen points or something like that." Um, but anyway, uh, it was a good week. It was great to watch. I'm watching on each Easter Sunday and, uh, glad Jordan won that one. But anyway, on word to this week, because nothing beats the masters. Uh, so I got Danny cheeseburger, just like Brendan, um, you know, gross name, but I love, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I love him, but, uh, you know, I wasn't not rooting for him at the AT&T, um, but he won and uh, you got to give it to him. He, I, I got a feeling it's one of those hunch feelings this. Uh, so I want to preface my lineup besides him um, that my lineup is a mom and pop lineup. It is a, a poor man's lineup. Um, I have a remaining salary of $2,000. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Two grand. All right. I'm going to start. But about the Dustin Johnson. One. I love it. Oh, this is a mom and popper, baby. I'm, this is, this is, uh, small ball right here. I'm, I have I'm a doing... feeling we're either going to hear Sandy Lyle or Larry Mize in here. 
No, no, no. But I almost had Bernhard Langer. I put a dollar on Bernhard Langer to win it all. Love it. Um, in a to different be fair, one. he's made the cut the last like three or four years. He is not a bad pick at all. And he's only like, what, 6,100 bucks? If that. Yeah. Tim, what would you have there? It won 500 to one. So I would win 500 bucks for $1. I'll put more on that. <laughs> Ten. What if I put t- if I put ten bucks on that's five grand? What? Yeah, put a hundred. Who cares? No, hundred, <laughs> hundreds. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, all right. So starting at the lowest, the hottest player to come out of the match play, Brian Harmon, at the ultimate value pick of sixty eight hundred bones. He's a lefty. We know how it. F- how Augusta National fares for lefty with lefty himself, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson. Um, you know, just a ultimate value pick. How can I not pick him? Um, another boy we talked about already on this podcast, Louis Hughes-Husen. Louis Hughes-Husen. Um, Got to pick him. Hughes-Husen. And uh, how can you not pick him? 7500 bucks. A little expensive for him uh, for $7,500. He's, he's a little pricey, but at the same time, I feel like he – I know he got cut, like, I think last year or the year before – but he's almost there every, like he is close up every year with the masters. So I think that's a great pick. He's going to, he's going to get caught. Uh, Smith. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's going to get cut. That's classic. He's going to get cut. No, he hasn't missed the cut. He hasn't missed the cut at the masters since 2013. Sorry. My bad on that. <laughs> um, Cameron Smith with you finished uh, what second last year. I think he's a great value at 8,200, dude. I think that's an unbelievable value. I agree. He's, he's kind of got an awkward look to him. He he had, he had that mustache last year with the, but boy, oh boy, do I like him a little Australian, uh, Australian pizzazz in him. I don't know what they have over there. Hey, I know, uh, I know why Brendan can't refrain from making multiple lineups. Every guy you say is like, that's a great pick. I know (laughs) I need to keep wasting money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, all right, Paul, an Englishman, Casey, Paul Casey. He is, he is like the English version of Sergio Garcia. He's been around for a while. He has not won a major. This could be his year. He's, he's always lurking. He's always lurking. Um, I like Paul Casey. Uh, you know, he's, he's actually a real nice guy that, so they say, and I've never met him. Oh, I've heard the exact opposite about Paul Casey, actually. Paul Casey. Oh yeah, no, I heard he's a dick. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I heard he's not poultry level, but kind of close to poultry level. Oh, this isn't I guess this isn't a character thing. <laughs> no, he's just a very good player and he finished in the top five last year. <laughs> oh. So Paul Casey needs his major, doesn't have a major. He's got a, a hell of a lot of motivation. And my last one, my God, I, I feel like I have a a, a lineup of, of D-bags, but I have Patrick Reed. My God, is his game strong right now? He's got his short game is the greens are going to be absolutely treacherous this week. Um, They were talking about how they're already brown uh, today and it's Wednesday. They're they're already brown. They are Saturday, Sunday fast. They haven't released the uh, um, how fast they actually are uh, as far as the number, but they uh, Patrick Reed, he's going to need that short game. He's going to need that to chip it close put in for par when he's not on the green um, already a master's champion. So mom and pop, um, here we go. I just want to make some clicks, make some cuts and uh, hopefully one of those people uh, gets the W that's it. Love it. Love yeah. It. And also they're not using, they're not allowing the green books this year. 
I don't know if they allowed them last year or not, but they I didn't. think this is. They didn't in November. They did not. I remember it being something with Bryson and yada, yada. Oh my God. Yeah. Bryson is a little pansy about it. Like legitimately, like that's the part. Again, I there's really good Bryson and really bad Bryson. The green books thing is where I like lose everything that I want to like about Bryson because he throws tantrums about it. Like Billy Horschel at, um, oh God, Chambers Bay tantrums, like bad tantrums. So I just, I, uh, yeah, it's not good. Speaking of Bryson, did anybody see that video of him? Just, he does this drill. Like, I don't even know what it is, but he, he just hits balls as hard as he can, like as quick as he can for as long. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it was at, it was at the master's range. Just. Yeah. And like BJ was standing next to him, just laughing yeah. his ass off. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> BJ's like half my body would be 15 yards that way. The other half would be 25 yards that way. If I did that. I completely agree. I, if I was VJ too, I, I would sit there and I'd be like, I've won this tournament before and this is not how you win this tournament. But They said Bryson hit more balls in 10 minutes than Freddie Couples did the entire day. He, they said Freddie Couples was just walking around talking to everyone, you know, just enjoying Good. the moment. Good. And Boom Boom's going to come out tomorrow and he's going to make the goddamn cut for the weekend too. And you know it because Boom Boom lives for one thing and it's the Masters. What was sure. that? There are so many years, like you look at it, it's almost like an every five year thing where Fred Couples just out of nowhere has the first round lead and he puts in a Thursday of like minus five or minus six. And everyone's just like, everyone's just like, boom, boom's back. He's back. Doesn't even break a sweat. No, no. He's got the Louis, he's got the Louis Eustazen swing, man. I mean, well, it's actually, to be honest with you, it's the original Fred Couples swing, but him, VJ, Louis Oosthuizen, like VJ must has must have calmed down as he got older. Because I remember back in the day he was not a nice dude, but he must right. now be very calm because if he's just laughing it up with Bryson and just shitting on Bryson, <laughs> but just a smooth, smooth swing. That's all you need. And Bryson does not have a smooth, smooth swing <laughs> at all. It's kind of brutal, actually. Cut. Bryson cut. Bold prediction. Cut. Did he get cut in November? No, he made. He's no, he barely made it. Right, he barely made it. Yeah, right. That was all the hype. That was all the hype going in that week. Bryson's gonna walk away with it. Yada yada. And guess who walked? And guess who did walk away with it? The guy who Bryson wishes he could hit like. (laughs) That's right. With the consistency of. Yeah. No, DJ's an absolute. Oh yeah, yeah. He T thirty four. That's not bad. He's never gotten cut at the Masters, but I think he was like close to 11K. And I'm like, I'm not paying that for Bryson. No. Do you, re- do you remember Bryson when he played as an amateur? Obviously, it was like a big deal with him and his funny hat and um, his like all the same length uh, clubs. He was like, it was the big talk. And then he said, they're like, oh, are you going to try to win the, you know, the amateur? And he's like, no, I'm trying to win the tournament. Like he thought he was going to win the tournament. And uh, I mean, he has a lot of confidence going in at Augusta, you know, to say he's playing the par fives as par fours. It's very uh, bold of him um, to say it, put it nicely. Uh, but uh, I, th- I like that prediction. Like he will get cut. I think if he does, if he knows he's going to get cut, I think he's going to go out saying, no, I got injured or something like that. Or yeah. yeah. My blood checked for who knows what. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> he's going to say he had COVID and then just ruined the BJ tour. 
Um, I think we've kind of slightly defined ourselves as a uh, anti-Bryson podcast. We're not anti-Bryson. We're just not pro-Bryson. We're like, we like Bryson when Bryson does good things. We don't like Bryson when Bryson does bad things. And this is Bryson doing. When you say that you're Bryce, you're doing Bryce, you're doing bad Bryson. So stop that. But you can't help but watch. You can't whether you like them or you don't. Nope. I yep. you have to watch. Yep. Must I, watch TV. I 100% agree, and it just pisses me off to no end. I mean, don't, his Tiger is his idol, and like you. I don't know. You'd think he would learn maybe a little bit like that. The body's going to break down that like, you can't be doing that for like, what, what are you trying to be the best golfer? I mean, obviously he's trying to be the best golfer right now, but golf is such like a longevity game and he could be the best for 20 years. Like there's no way he can keep this up. No, you can even see it too. And I mean, like there's a reason why Brooks and DJ like make fun of him is because they do it effortlessly while Bryson had to like go out and drink 12 protein shakes a day. Like literally like you hear about his freaking calorie diet. And like when he first came back, people weren't like, Oh my God, he said, people were like, Oh, look how much muscle he put on. I'm like, yeah, look how much muscle he put on. But like as a fellow large, as a fellow big guy too, like he, he's still got the tummy there. Like he's not like ripped. Like he's just bulk. And there's a big difference between being ripped and being bulky. And he was bulky. And I think that that also like Augusta national is not a tournament where you can do what he did at the U S open, which is just, I'm going to hit the ball 370 yards. I'm going to use my nine iron out of there because it's the same length as my five iron. I'm going to use that to torque it out of the rough. Like this tournament requires spot. Like he lucked at, I don't think he'd lucked out. Like he played amazing at wing foot. But for some reason, he just played well there, and he tried to do the same exact thing at Augusta, and he pooped the bed. So, you know, I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> no. No, because they, they, they said Alistair McKenzie and Bobby Jones, they made the course to to be able to use your entire bag, to be able to uh, um, to use different shots. It's not like it's not like wing foot where you can just go straight as, as far. It's You need to use – you need to use your head and, and it's all about where you land the ball in the fairway. And, uh, um, which is, but yeah, which is why guys like Louis Ustazen, why Abraham answer and Cameron Smith last year, why they're able to compete because they're plot. They're like Kevin Kisner's they're plotters. They have to plan their shots and they do, and they're really good at it. And it's a guy like Zach Johnson, who's the same way who won the masters. Like you get these guys and you do well on that course or, you pull a Bubba and you just kind of pull it out of your ass twice. But, you know, sometimes you're just, you know, which is why I do think Webb Simpson is like actually like a pretty dark horse pick because he is like the ultimate plotter. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just think Webb Simpson's the most vanilla guy on, on the PGA tour right now. And I, I do like him, but like, it's hard not to hate. It's hard to hate him. But like at the same time, like he's just kind of meh. I think. Hmm. Abe answer is a great plotter too. I can't believe none of us picked him. I picked him last year, but then I also had a couple guys cut last year. So I was not happy about it. I thought about it. He's a little expensive this year too, though. Because so, he yeah. had a really good last year. True. They're true. But anyways, great job as always, guys. We'll see how these go tomorrow morning. 
Um, well, today morning, since technically this is coming out on Thursday, even though we're recording Wednesday. Don't tell anyone. But now we come to the best part of the show. My favorite part of the show, as I say every time. You can go back and watch the YouTube videos every time I say this. Future's golfer poll. Timmy is going to go ahead and give us a nice little golfer poll. Me and Mike are probably going to give the wrong answer, and then Timmy's going to tell us what the right one is, but that's okay. We're going to answer it no matter what. So, Tim, take it away. Okay. Duff daddies and duff mothers. Here duff we mamas, go. not duff mothers. Duff mamas. How dare yeah, you, sir? How dare had you? To be, had to be proper, you know? Um, <laughs> duff fathers right. and duff mothers. Duff fathers and duff mothers. Here we are. All right, We've so officially we hit the off the rails part of the program. <laughs> overtired, and we're not even the ones who's on pain kills. Yo, <laughs> I'm telling, I am telling you, my mouth is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> We've officially lost it. Um, all right, so what we got here is a little playoff of last week, in a way, because I almost asked it last week. And I was going to switch it up, but I got to ask this question because it is Masters Week and because I could ask every every week a question about Augusta National, but we're not going to do that. We're only we're going to finish with Augusta National this week. Which is more blue ball inducing? Which is worse? Would you rather play the front nine at St. Andrews or the front nine at Augusta? Which would be worse? The front nine, just, you know, you can't play the back nine. You can't play. <laughs> so you play the front nine of St. Andrews. That's pretty brutal. You can't play the road hole. You can't play the 18th. You go to Augusta, you play the front nine. You cannot play amen corner. You cannot play 15, 16, and 18, which is That's worse. This That's is awesome. horrible. This is terrible. <laughs> to look at you. You are so distressed. I'll I take don't. the lead here. I wouldn't even show up to Augusta if you're telling me that I'm I'm only going to be gifted nine holes. I need to play the whole 18 hole golf course. And yeah, there's there's nothing more to it. It's as simple as that. I've seen and felt like like Augusta is just broadcasting more than St. Andrews. I, I've seen it on TV year in and year out. I'm itching for St. Andrews to be back in the fold in a British, but um yeah, I'm I'm going St. Uh, Augusta eight days a week. Let me get 18 holes there so that I can shoot a 215. But uh, at least you can say that I've strolled the the luscious fairways and 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 ran through Amen Corner and um and had some really really cool golf shots on on maybe the the most prestigious golf course in the world. Love it. Respect it. Maybe Brendan. the most prestigious golf course in the world. Maybe. Because you know what is? Because you know that St. Andrews is the most prestigious golf course in the world. It is the home of golf. I am having such a hard time right now. I really want to go Augusta National. I feel like as an American, I have to go Augusta National. But I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm doing it. It would hurt so much more. To fly all the way to St. Andrews, Scotland. <laughs> That's a good point. You got to fly. 
even take a boat. Imagine taking a boat uh, (laughs) to get to St. Andrews, Scotland and get up to the tee box and being like, okay, by the way, you can only play holes one through nine. Like the home of golf, the RNA. Like I get it. Like we have taken the sport of golf and we have made it better because we're Americans and we kind of steal other people's stuff and we make it better. It's just kind of what we do. But it's St. Andrews, guys. It's the most prestigious golf course in the world. I get, I, I love Augusta National. Can't do it. Can't do it. I can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry, guys. St. Andrews, that would hurt so much more. A little surprised by that, Brandon. A little surprised by that, but I... I have always been a British. I have always been a British open guy though. So I just think it's, it's how golf was supposed to be played. Like, I mean, they literally designed it like the old Scottish people with their silly kilts and I'm offending an entire country right now, but I don't even care. Um, They designed it to be against the ocean in a big open space where there's barely any rough and where there is rough, it's 10 feet high. So you can't even hit out of it. And the wind is swirling like 35 miles an hour. That's how <laughs> golf is meant to be played. I love it. I love it. I'm going to take a clip from that. Holy hell, that was unbelievable. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, that, Brandon, that might be my favorite part about you and golf. Like, is that you are through and through a British guy, a British Open guy. I don't know I like why that. either. Like, I'm very American. I'm very American, but for some reason, like the open championship is by far and away my favorite. And that's weird to say, cause like, I love the U S open obviously, but like there's something just about the open championship on a links course where it's probably raining and it's July and people are wearing pants and long sleeves when I'm in shorts and a t-shirt sweating my balls off. Like this is, that is golf. That is golf people. Hey, so it. is in Augusta, though. So I'm not is saying Augusta. it's not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not at all. But I love that because once we get the British rolling around here, we'll be just as jacked up for that as we are the Masters. I'm. I mean, I, I love being that guy. Like I know the time zones are different than Eastern time zone and European, but like I love waking up early. And I love waking up at four a.m. I, lo- oh, I, I actually very much enjoy waking up at four a.m. and putting oh, the, putting the British 100%. Open on. Putting the no. Open Championship, sorry, the Open Championship, the Open Championship on. Shout out to our three Irish listeners, and that's it, because apparently no one in the UK listens to us. You better start. I'm on your, I'm on your guys' side on this. Ooh, that's a good call. We we got to get some British people here, you know. <laughs> yeah, but no, you're right. Waking up, something about waking, like waking up. You tell me, I got to wake up four in the morning for anything but golf. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but I am waking up. I don't even have to leave my bed. Just turn it on. Bada bing. Here we go. Let's watch some golf. And uh, I do like something about the comfort, comforting of wearing long sleeves while playing golf in the wind swirl. I can't wait to put that clip on TikTok. You're <laughs> swirling around. That was great to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Better send it right. to me after so I can put it on too. Oh my God. That was just, that's just passion right there. Passion for the Brits. Um, all right. So I am in a unique place to make my call. Um, And I am going to say the most blue ball inducing answer for me is I don't know if I could play the front nine at Augusta and not play the back nine. 
There's no way I could do that. There's a, a front nine's great at Augusta, but it is has got to be not a 10 through 18, got to be the best back nine in the world. I mean, there is just every hole. I mean, they're all famous. I mean, tell me another golf course. You can name them all. St. Andrews. St. Andrews. <laughs> um, I cannot not play the back nine at Augusta. I would rather not play the front nine than not play all 18, to be honest. And Brendan, you will respect us. I have been to St. Andrews um, and I have walked the course. And uh, I have never played it, but my dad and I, when we went, we walked the course. So I got a little bit of a fill there. So I would rather, I could I could deal with playing the front nine at Augusta um, and not playing the back, but I could not not do that at Augusta. Also, in, in, in St. Andrews, the course goes out nine and you have to literally walk back 18. That would stink to walk out all the way nine holes and then have to walk back just passing all the holes and not being able to play. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh shit! I don't know, but uh, yeah, I I like that this one was split between you guys. Um, don't count my answer as the good one. You guys had great explanation as to why. And uh, good work this week. Uh, holy hell! Let's it's the Masters week, guys. It's I'm very week. excited. I'm very excited. As always, guys, it has been a pleasure. We ran a little late because we always run a little late, but you know what? It's worth it in the end. Um, Masters edition. It's got to go long. Oh, yeah. 100%. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Duffin Up on Facebook, Instagram. uh, Sorry, Twitter. We do have the Twitter machine. We need to get more followers there. I try and tweet everything out, but it just doesn't work. And I just follow us on Twitter, please. Jesus Christ. you can follow Duff It Up on TikTok as well. We've grown pretty significantly there, so I'm pretty happy about that. Hopefully, it goes into some other areas too. Uh, you can follow uh, Timmy. Go ahead. Where where can we follow you? Oh, we're, you can follow me at Chooch Golf on uh, on TikTok. Um, Perfect. We're just Michael. That's it. Michael, got it. Got any social medias yet? <laughs> no, you can follow me sitting on my couch this weekend watching the masters because that's where i'll be yep we will be out in the sun right there following uh we'll be out in our uh nice little new outdoor area with the new tv out there and we'll be watching the masters there did you guys play this weekend did you guys play this weekend i played this this weekend we don't we don't gotta talk about it (laughs) not good play didn't play that well we can talk about it next week okay all righty all right guys as always thank you so much and uh get on out there we'll 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 let it fly when we get out there boys just let it fly play better Whole everything oh we got a new one we got whole everything i love it michael great job there we go one more